to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Welcome. Oh, yeah. Yes, another yeah. good night. Uh, I'm excited about tonight. It's going to be a great, uh, great night. A lot of things are happening. So welcome to Wake the Bear Radio and another podcast live. And if, uh, if you have time, tell your friends about this. Uh, like us uh, and spread the word. That would uh, be greatly appreciated. Repost, spread the word. Yeah, we're, we're help. This is an army, an army of people. Um, we don't do this alone. Wake the Bear Radio. Uh, the bear obviously is the state of California. The bear is on the flag, and uh, the bear is waking up. People are waking up, and I, you know, there, you know, I think of this stuff, the stuff that's been happening this last week or so with the debate. Uh, people are waking up to the fact that their state has been very poorly ran, and uh, it's important for us to stay focused and stay focused on what the, what the. Um, what the the agenda here is. And I really see the agenda being that Christians are becoming patriots and patriots are becoming Christians. And we're taking back this. Um, it's, it's an exercise, but it's really an experiment in self-rule. Um, you know, Plato said the, that if you don't rule, if good men don't rule or if they stay indifferent, they get ruled, ruled by evil men. So that's what this is about. This show's about. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, Chris, I know that uh, Chris is battling a little bit of a, a cold or a throat issue, so she may not speak as much. But uh, every time she does, it seems like there's a lot of wisdom that comes out. So uh, welcome. Amen. So if she does seem a little bit less talkative. She's not mad at us or at anybody else. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely just... not. I yeah. am not mad at anybody, but I am fighting the good fight to get rid of this thing, and I'm not giving it a name other than a regular head cold. So you were talking about Brandon about uh, what you what you're referring to with the Newsom and the DeSantis debate that we had on Thursday, and oh it uh, it was so funny. You you um, one of you were were saying that uh, Newsom said, "I don't even know why we're having this debate because neither of us will be on the presidential ticket." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Donald J. Uh, Trump actually posted something on truth and he basically said debates nobody gives a blank about. And uh, I, you know, it's uh, interesting because it actually goes along with the mindset of all of the GOP debates. You know, um, the only thing that kind of fires them up or is like Vivek Renswami or somebody like that. Uh, the rest of it is just a bunch of, you know, rhinos and establishment politicians just restating and regurgitating uh, stuff that nobody cares about. I loved how Vivek Renswami says, why are we even having CNN and MSNBC, you know, moderate these debates? We should we should be having Joe Rogan and Elon Musk and Tucker Carlson moderate the debate and then put it on X and increase the viewership by a hundredfold. And, and he basically attacked the GOP and said, whoever's in charge of making these decisions is making very poor decisions because there are things that they people, American people want to hear. And, um, you know, the GOP debates, are, you know, the fact that they can't get Trump on there, you know, because it shows that they they don't have anybody who can actually come close to his poll numbers. So, yeah, yeah well, kind Vivek, of an exercise in futility. Vivek, uh, he lost his political director this week. Uh, he actually is. I don't know what his name is, but uh, Vivek's uh, political director left the uh, Vivek campaign and he joined the, the Trump 
train. So there was a little bit of a uh, a turnaround there in the Vivex camp. Yeah, yeah I wonder. Well, if, I don't know. I wonder if Vivek was actually like almost like a Trump plant. He's like, yeah, go in there, just ah. say everything I would say. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be there, but you know, cause I don't need to be there. Cause I got like 40, 50 points ahead of every single person on that stage, but go in there and say everything I would say. And then when you're done, we'll put you on my, on my, uh, part of my cab cabinet, you know, uh, you never know. We'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, even DeSantis could probably fit in that, uh, category as well as a possible plant. I mean, just, uh, you know, everything's <laughs> optics, but I mean, he did a lot of heavy lifting right in that debate as far as, uh, you know, him going at it with Gavin Newsom. And it was nice because uh, Donald Trump just had to sit back and watch it or get the highlights. I probably didn't even spend any time watching it. That guy's so busy. I hear he works till hours in the morning and then he gets up really early every morning as well. And uh, like four hours of sleep. But you know, yeah, I mean, it was the greatest campaign strategy for the Trump, the, the Trump camp that you could have was have these two debate and actually, uh, show transparency where there's a third third party from a different point of view. The one thing, uh, if you go to Kevin Kiley's website or to his Twitter page, his X page, he laid out pretty well all of the Newsom claims that uh, he immediately debunked, Kylie immediately de debunked. I think the biggest one that bothered me was Newsom claimed that crime in California has gone down and that the FBI data shows violent crime in California. Um, the, the reality, it has increased by 13%. And so uh, it, it basically he just gave statistic after statistic that was not uh, uh, an accurate statistic. Are you sure he wasn't saying something like, Hey man, that crime is going down. It's going down tonight. Uh, do you think you yeah, meant that? You know what I? <laughs> you know, I was at a um a women's Republican party. I, I, you know, apparently that day I was identifying as a woman, but they opened it to men and women. <laughs> and I was there, and they actually had the Riverside County Sheriff, which is the second largest county in, in California, and he said, "Don't listen to anything the Democrats say." about the crime in California going down. It is not going down. It is going up. I'm a sheriff of the largest, the second largest county in California. What has happened is the Democrats have decriminalized felonies and made them yeah. misdemeanors. And yeah, they've actually the changed the definition of crimes and that's padding their numbers. So yeah, that's one thing you have to- Well, and in Los Angeles, evidently the police have warned their residents they shouldn't go outside wearing any jewelry. Now, what is the matter with that? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, I know that the, in L.A. this weekend, there are a lot of Christmas shoppers out in one of their major malls. There were more of those smash and grab situations yep. going on. So if you live in California, hold on to your wallet and to keep your diamonds at home. <laughs> Isn't that the same logic as a uh, woman that gets raped and maybe she had a low blouse and they say, well, you know, you actually incited it with the way you dressed and it's really your fault. It sounds like that's the same kind of logic that uh, they're using, you know, which is not logic at all. But what I'm saying is that argument we've heard how horrible that is to the victim actually becomes the, the person responsible. And now you know, wearing jewelry is kind of that same category. It's like, well, you're going to get robbed. You shouldn't have worn the jewelry. It's really your fault. 
yeah. The smash it's, and grab stuff is pretty gnarly right now. There's uh, so much of it gone on that actually major organizations, major um, uh, retailers have moved out of San Francisco. And, and that's actually yeah. one of the major points that was made by, by yeah. Ron DeSantis. Um, the, the debate, if you really want to get a synopsis of the debate, like Chris said, go to Kevin Kiley's um, X and watch the video. He does like a 30 minute of it goes down all 11 points that Gavin Newsom made. And he shows how every single one of them was a bold faced lie. There's only one thing that he said that was remotely close to being true. And that was that Ron uh, also shut down his state just as gavin newsom did but the reality is is ron ron DeSantis opened this state up within a few i think it was a few weeks or months and uh, california 50 out of 50 the worst reopening of any state gavin newsom shut down churches he shut down schools he shut down everything and he was a tyrannical maniac it just basically gave him the right you know his uh, perceived right to do whatever the heck he wanted to do and he was the worst and it's interesting because every single point that Gavin made um, was wrong. And it's interesting because Ron was ready for it. Like Ron, oh, there's one point in the debate. You, you, this was so funny. He says, you know, I actually was just, you know, in my own state in, in Florida. And I bumped into a guy who said, you know, California, you, this is Florida is, is governed way better than California is. There's less crime. It's a much better place to live. Blah, blah. Went through all these things of reasons why it was great. And it just so happens that man happened to be Gavin Newsom's stepfather. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious oh man yeah and gavin newsom you can look at look at his face it was like like he you know kept, it's like, backfiring gavin, gavin super polished he's like super polished so it almost looked like he didn't even acknowledge that and like oh yeah that he didn't say anything that made made any you know that that bummed me out and he just smiles all fake yeah you know yeah, like, they got it and, down to an art but you know, so much is backfiring. It's it's funny. You know, last week I, I remember the, the nine year old boy with the uh, the Chiefs. You know, and he had the the Indian wow. headdress, and he had half uh, black and half red face. And then uh -huh. um, you know, it gets reported that he was doing blackface, and they take a side shot, you know, of the poor yep. kid, and and they accuse him of doing a racist blackface. And you know, the biggest backfire on that was that that kid actually was Native American, had Native American. Uh, blood in him and uh and for them to say oh this guy's a racist this kid you know and they pick on this kid so that family well, he said was only well, like nine years old wasn't he yeah just nine years oh, old gee. and uh they went after him and what's interesting is is the family is going to sue and so uh i thought that was a really a, a good story uh there we go up oh, they blurred his face probably because he's uh nine years nine old years old yeah um but you know, the side shot, you don't see any red, uh, you know, the way it got reported. And so, yeah, Deadspin, um, that was the magazine. And so, yeah, what a backfire, though. What a backfire. And you then know, more it, of that needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's you know not like needs a Justice Smollett sort of thing, you know. Uh, Jesse Smollett, Nicholas, Nicholas Sandman. They need, they need to hire Nicholas Sandman's lawyer who basically helped him sue MSNBC and CNN for upwards of $20 million a piece. They sued oh, every was... single news outlet. Can you yeah, imagine that? I'm trying to remember his name. He he's, you don't hear his name. Oh, anymore. Lynn Wood. Lynn Wood. Lynn Wood. Lynn Wood. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did he's that. The, the, the biggest defamation lawyer in the world, like in the world. Like, yeah. So, yeah.
So, so you know, but, if the you know if the media keeps being a lying, you know, dog face pony media, they keep doing it, then uh, we're gonna the, the people are gonna keep making young you know people rich, we're gonna keep making magas and conservatives and just your average Joe may not even be a MAGA, but they're gonna be made rich if it, if the media keeps do, pulling what it's pulling and lying and cheating and and deceiving. I mean, it's basically a a false prophet, you know. Yeah. Oh, we have a light uh, news story here, um, right here. Riley Gaines, she claims Woman of the Year, and that title is taken away from Megan uh, Raponi. So that I feel like that's in the right direction. Uh, she, Megan, uh, or I sh- Megan didn't do very well, obviously, in that last round of uh, soccer. Uh, they did not win. They they were taken out. But uh, with Riley swimming. You know, she has been under so much fire because she has gone, uh, you know, against uh, the guy who calls himself Leah. And uh, yep. and what's really interesting about that is the NCAA is to transfer medals from Leah Thomas to uh, to Riley. Um, wow. So, yeah. So it's like delayed justice. But, you know, she stood her grounds and yep. she had a lot of people coming after her. She had threats that, hey, you know. Uh, school threats, just all kinds of things. And she held her ground and, and I've seen her on like flashpoint, uh, which, you know, so I've, I've seen some interviews and they were, she's just a really, uh, a young, you know, a very nice young gal and, and, she, but she made her stand and she was stood for women. So I, anyway, it was kind of neat that some of this stuff's backfired, you know, and the truth has come out and she got woman of the year. Uh, so that, that to me is a, a really encouraging, um, wow. encouraging, uh, thing. So anyway. All right. Well, let's jump into some more news. There's some other really good encouraging things happening right now. It has been said that the Slovakia just rejected the, so the prime minister of Slovakia just rejected the world health organization pandemic treaty. Uh, so this Sorry, is a I'm, big deal. I'm trying to get rid of this slide and, uh, I've got a technical difficulty. Sorry about that. Here we I, go. Can, I can pull it up. I'll pull it up. It's it's down now. Okay. Okay. Uh, go on. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So Slovakia prime minister, uh, he rejected the World Health Organization treaty, which is really important because this is a treaty that they're trying to get countries to, to follow. You know, I've just seen a couple of things lately where the general public and countries are making very wise decisions. They're pushing back against the globalist agendas. I think, yeah. you know, we you know, wake the bear and others like us, uh, keyboard warriors are getting, just average Joes are getting the word out and people are pushing back and they're saying, not on my watch. And so Slovakia, you know, basically the prime minister, uh, Robert Fico calls the WHO pandemic treaty nonsense invented by greedy pharma companies. He also said one study after another confirms the scandalous consequences of mass vaccination with untested experimental vaccines, which I think, you know, from day one, when we started, I started at Wake the Bear Radio, we've been saying all the way through. And, uh, you know, I'm yeah, our I'm second and third episode, our second yeah, and third episode is all about the vaccines. And that was in uh, two years ago in September, uh, October. Yeah. And people are bumping into people and going, oh, you didn't get the vaccine either. No, I, I had a friend who just told me the story that he actually was at a, a dinner and the, one of the guys playing guitar um, said, you know, yeah, I, oh, you didn't get vaccine. No, and he's oh, my gosh, real people like and I actually think that this con job that was pulled upon us tried to convince us that more people were getting it than were. 
And, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. And I actually believe that, you know, it was kind of to make shame you to make you feel, oh, you're the only one that's not getting it. And I think, you know, that's why the pharmaceutical companies are falling, you know, going bankrupt because they, they, the shots that they were supposed to sell didn't sell. So, yeah, Yeah. well, wait till the lawsuits uh, come in fully, you know, and some of that great work that uh, John F. K. Jr., or Robert, I'm sorry, Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. did on the real Anthony Fauci. And I guess he has another book coming out. Uh, I had heard that. Yeah, that's a big deal. He is releasing a note, a new one called um, uh, the 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 cover up, the Wuhan cover up. And he actually mm. goes through that. And in his um, book, he talks about how um, there was actually 200 scientists that had um, warned in 2000, I think it's 14, 200 scientists warned that Dr. Fauci was going to start a global pandemic if he wasn't um, stopped. They were warning that? Obama, right? Obama about that? They, they were telling Yeah, they him. warned Obama and Obama forced the NIH to move that research, gain-of-function research, to, a diff- to different countries. So they moved it to Georgia, China, and Ukraine. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, that would not be Georgia as in the U.S. It would be the Soviet no. state of Georgia. And that is one of the the issues of the biolabs in Ukraine that uh, caused Putin to go into Ukraine. So this is a big deal as the information comes out. And his subtitle to the book is, so it's the Wuhan cover-up and the terrifying bioweapons arms race. And so we we realized that uh, Fauci knew what he was doing, Obama knew what was going on, and they decided to offshore this thing uh, because of the political pressure given by Americans and American legislators. Yeah. And, and yeah. this is interesting because if you remember, remember clandestine? He was a poster on X in the early stages of the Wuhan lab, sh- uh, Wuhan virus. He showed that there were 16 uh, American funded bioweapons labs on the border of Russia in Ukraine. And he was like taken down and he, he showed all he had the receipts and everything. And they're, oh, no, those aren't. And then even uh, Victoria Newland, if you remember, she said, oh, well, we have um by biological laboratories, which basically they have bioweapons labs doing gain of function research. And was one of the reasons Putin was not happy about the whole situation, uh, you know, not justifying the Putin, you know, attack Ukraine. I'm just saying that was there. And finally X put him back up. So if you go to clandestine, you can read the whole post and all the evidence that proves that, but they needed to shut that information down because they didn't want people knowing that our own government, was partially responsible for the Wuhan virus. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you, Ukraine is not doing too well right now themselves. I mean, there's a there's a move away from Zelensky right now. I don't have the details of that, but it was just coming out. Um, and and basically, people are not happy. They're losing that war, and uh, they want to probably start working on and dethroning him. So yeah. Yeah, well, that's then that's good because, uh, you know, the, the the statistics show or not the statistic, but the information that we've got is that uh, Boris Yeltsin went in and blew up a peace deal that was already brokered. They were actually right. had, had a peace deal brokered in the very beginning. And then, of course, you know, uh, Putin called, you know, uh, the resident 
Biden and said, hey, can you give me a guarantee that you're not going to bring Ukraine into NATO? And he said, no, I can't guarantee that. And then within that week, Russia invaded Ukraine. So, you know, yep. I don't know why there's not somebody out there brokering peace right now. And they're, they're just not. So what do you got here with uh, Robert? Oh, Mr. well, this Kennedy. is just about that. This is just the uh, 300 scientists that warned Fauci would start a global pandemic. Oh, it's 300, not 200. Uh, following the escape of three bugs from high-profile labs, these 300 scientists sent a letter to President Obama urging him to shut down Anthony Fauci's gain-of-function research. You said that. Obama issued a moratorium, shut down 18 of the worst projects by Anthony Fauci. In the end, he really didn't shut them down. Instead, Obama moved the research offshore to places like Ukraine, former Soviet Union of Georgia, and Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China. So here it is. This is the, and, this is and the if, evidence. If Russia's the boogeyman, why would you send over send that over to Russia? I just yeah. none of that makes sense. Even Wuhan, why would you do that? Well, when there's I a just, deep state in both countries. Yeah. There's, there's but the, it just shows how clearly there is a deep state and it's not uh loyal to any particular country. It's, they're loyal to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I well, would encourage people book. to check out check out the Villagent Fox. Uh, we keep posting his stuff, uh, and um, General General Flynn said to follow Vigilant, Vigilant Fox. I encourage you to follow him on X, and this is the book, The Wuhan Cover-Up and the Terrifying Bioweapons Arms Race by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Check it out, read it, watch it, uh, spread the news uh, around Christmas time <laughs> to your family yeah, and friends. Yeah, good book. Good book to buy for a friend. You can read it by the fire. You know, good good uh, <laughs> holiday spirit there. Death. And All right, what else we got? What else we got that's important? Oh, here's a good one. This was, this is going to really make you guys encouraged. Did you know that uh, they were getting ready to go do a global warming event? And uh, it turns out that the planes, the private jets, they were going to fly froze on the tarmac. What? So heavy snow and ice, uh, frozen jets in Munich. Uh, for planes that were bound for Dubai's global warming conference. <laughs> oh, that is funny. You you, I mean, okay, that is such a like a god joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Look at that plane. It's like it's frozen. It's tilted. It's doing a wheelie. Yeah. That's just bizarre. Yep. No, that's I mean, God's probably having a good time doing this. Yeah, like, I think we're really we're at the end of the climate change climate scam because that it is uh, so far past its its uh, its use date. It's like a Trojan horse that just um, it it needs to go. This whole climate scam. So right now, it, it, we just remember the unelected globalists are those that are trying to use this as a totalitarian control and to bankrupt businesses because of all the, the red tape that they put on businesses. Uh, the ESG that we did, they're finding that this is, it, they're, that's unsustainable to have ESG scores because you can't run a business with those type of uh, climate change scores. So uh, we just we also know that the global elites have been working with the UN and trying to wage war against property rights, against gun control, against capitalism, and they're using this whole Agenda 21 to push saving the planet. So 
we've just got to keep when people uh, talk about carbon footprint, it, it is such a hoax. We've got to push back. And it, it's oh. a lot of studies have come come out at this point in time that it's no longer a uh, a conspiracy theory that it isn't true. It's a conspiracy theory that it is true. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. And we're seeing some good wins. I mean, how about this win right here? Italy becomes the first country to ban fake food. Oh, is that yeah. not awesome? Yeah. I mean, yeah, who loves who really doesn't love Italian food or French food? Of course, like France or Italian or Italy would be the first two countries to ban fake food because they, you know, everything circles around food in those two countries. So much better yeah. than eating bugs. Yes, you will not eat the bugs anymore. We lost this battle, just said the Satanists who are controlling the World Economic Forum. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see more and more and more and more wins. You know, uh, we're going to go back to the age of winning again. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, they had one. Uh, El Donald Trumpo uh, posted on X, and it was about it, it showed Hillary Clinton talking, and she was blaming everything on climate change. I was just trying to find it right now, but uh, there was probably one inappropriate thing, so it's better I keep it off. But it was hilarious. Uh, some of these people are so creative um, just in what they do. It, it really makes you remember things. Uh, what else has happened? Uh, you know, a big thing that happened this week was uh, the death of uh, Henry Kissinger, 100 years old. And he is, uh, gosh, he's been around. I was a little kid when his his name was being thrown around on TV a lot. And uh, to see that he still is active, um, you know, all these years. But you know, yeah, it's it really makes, interesting. It, it brings up the song, Only the Good Die Young. There is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 100 yes. years old. That man was pure evil. He is. He was a precursor. He's actually a mentor to uh, Klaus Schwab and uh, definitely one of the earliest uh, vocal New World Order globalists uh, promoting uh, people out there. And I did have a little clip on him. I also had a couple things um, that I thought would be interesting. Uh, maybe I'll start off with a quote just so you can kind of get an idea of what um, what he did. You know what? It's not coming up. I'm going to have to do a different one. I'm, I'm having some technical difficulties. Um, let me go with just doing it right on this, uh, a tab here. I think you could probably see that. So there's a oh, famous yeah. quote. Famous quote uh, in 1992 at the Bilderberg uh, in France. And Henry Kissinger, he's addressing this. It's a secret organization. And this is what he said. And, and it, it got a tape recording from a Swiss delegate. And that's how they had this because it's a secret meeting. It's just, and I, I've heard this for years. He says, today, Americans uh, would be outraged if UN troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. Uh, tomorrow, they will be grateful. This is especially true if they were told that there was an outside threat beyond, uh, whether real mm -hmm. or proclamated. Um, that threat uh, threatened our very existence. It is then that all peoples of the world will plead with world leaders to deliver them from this evil. The one thing every man fears is the unknown. When presented with this scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by world government. Uh, you know, I, I 
gosh, that's uh, so much like COVID. I mean, you think about the, the the rights that people are just willing to give up. Oh, you know, don't don't kill grandma. Wear the mask. You know, stop going to church. Uh, you know, stop going to work. All kinds of things. They just shut things down. People are in fear, and so it it actually rings quite quite loud and true. Uh, here's another one that is actually more, even more towards uh, vaccines and related to a COVID. And this was in 2009. So still, you know, 10 years before. He says, once the herd accepts the mandatory vaccinations, it's game over. They will accept anything. Forcible blood or organ donation for the greater good. Uh, we can mm -hmm. genetically modify children and sterilize them for the greater good. So that that's chilling. Um, very chilling, very scary uh, to me um, just to see that. So, yeah, he was well, ahead and of his the, time. And, the, and it, it, you know, and if you go to um, the there's a website that has been created um, by our friend who wrote the book, the creature from Jekyll Island. He calls it the Freedom Force. He does a lecture and he talks about the difference between uh, individualism and uh, collectivism and that's basically the philosophy of soviet of the soviets of of uh, of the tyrannies of all major um tyrants they they use this term well we're doing it for the greater good or doing it for the greater yeah. good and they violate individual rights for what is their, what they're told we're told is the greater good um and so it you're able to get a certain percentage of people who will say oh yeah well we'll do that then for the greater good and even churches they'll shut down and not you know have services for the greater good you get people of of good faith doing things for the greater good and america is the only place that actually pr protects the rights of every the smallest minority which is the individual and so yeah. we have to protect individual rights we cannot violate individual rights for the greater good or governments will always find a big boogeyman that then have you violate your individual rights for that big boogeyman's um to defend, defeat the big boogeyman for the greater good. So whether it's sounds disease, like whether it's, or, uh, animal farm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sounds like, yeah, like animal that. farm, but wars, so, yeah. I mean, all of these are, you know, I even think of like, okay, so like the UN coming in, right? So we're hearing the stories, right. Of uh, military age fighting men coming through our borders. Right. Which, and it doesn't seem like either side is stopping it. Right. Why not? Like, okay. So, um, well, they could be that they're building a, a military force, a UN military force. And we've heard two or three videos. I've seen two or three videos of some of these guys in broken English saying, yeah, I was told that I would be a UN fighter. And I'm given been given twelve hundred dollars a month on this card from the organ this organization for, that is associated with the UN. So it, it it may be that that's what exactly what the UN is doing is establishing a military force. That's the beginning of a fall. That's what happened in fourth fifth century Rome before it fell, as they started get making uh, warriors who were um, not Romans. They were giving them right. citizenship just so they could fight on their armies, and then, and then they turned those armies turned on them. So it's kind of like a whole, uh, almost like a Star Wars, you know, what's that one moment, the, the Order 66, when all of the clone armies turn on the Jedi and take them out. So that, that's yeah, a scary I mean, scenario. There's not always strength and diversity, you know. I've always thought strength and diversity is like a food court in a mall, you know, that's good. But, um, you know, you have divided allegiances and stuff. 
So I have a little bit more on uh, Kissinger. Let me just uh, go with go for it. Go yeah. with this right now and uh, Kissinger. Nixon appointed Kissinger as his national security advisor, giving him an unprecedented level of control control over what he could use the American power machine to do on the global stage, all in the name of national security. Now listen, most of us weren't alive at this time, so we don't really know what this was like to live during the 60s and 70s, when kind of everything was about the Cold War and specifically Vietnam. So now you have Henry Kissinger and Richard Nixon overseeing this war. It was a war that was no closer to ending. A war that, remember, these two conspired to lengthen so that together they could end it and score Nixon political points. And this leads us to perhaps the most infamous of Kissinger's sins. There's a reason why Anthony Bourdain said, quote, once you've been to Cambodia, you'll never stop wanting to beat Henry Kissinger to death with your bare hands. That's because in March 1969, Kissinger directed the U.S. Air Force to fly over Vietnam's neighbor, Cambodia, a neutral third party, and to drop bombs everywhere. President Nixon and Mr. Kissinger unleashed 100,000 tons of bombs, the equivalent of five Hiroshima's. The bombing was their personal decision, illegally and secretly. They bombed Cambodia, a neutral country, back to the Stone Age. The goal was to eliminate North Vietnamese supply lines and strongholds that were in Cambodia. But the response was carpet bombing. Carpet bombing is indiscriminate. It has unknown targets, which means that civilians usually get caught in the crossfire. So now you have B-52s raining down hell from the sky at all hours of the day. Homes were reduced to rubble. Entire villages were turned immediately into refugees. And what the record shows, that came out later is that all of this, this indiscriminate bombing, the slaughter from above was approved by and then concealed by Henry Kissinger. This map that you're looking at is not some stylized representation of this. This is actual data. We have the data of every bomb, hundreds of thousands of bombs that were dropped on Cambodia during this time. All in all, at least 100,000 Cambodians died in all of this. Two million were made homeless. And this is in a country of only 7 million people. In total, the U.S. dropped 2,756,000 tons of bombs on Cambodia. Many of these bombs went undetonated, turning the country into a minefield of undetonated explosives that still exist today. And perhaps more significantly, contributing to the destabilizing of this country, making way for a violent communist party to rise to power with a vengeance, leading to a mass genocide. All of this happened in secret, without the approval of Congress. It was Henry Kissinger, this one man, wielding his deftly gotten power to ruthlessly get what he wanted at any cost. As the endless war was near its end, peace negotiations kept breaking down. In response, Kissinger sent another round of brutal bombings around Christmas 1972 in an effort to force the North Vietnamese back to the negotiating table. And I'm not exaggerating here. Like Kissinger literally said, quote, 
we bombed the North Vietnamese into accepting our concessions. Some historians argue that the bombings had little effect on the peace talks and instead only resulted in more pain, more death, and more destruction. And yet, this is where the story takes an insane turn. The next year, Henry Kissinger was given a Nobel Peace Prize for brokering the ceasefire in Vietnam, an award given to him for ending a war that didn't actually end, an award that his North Vietnamese counterpart would decline. Two members of the Nobel Peace Committee resigned in protest because of this. It is as if everyone at the Olympic Stadium joined in carrying an athlete on their shoulders in an endless triumphal procession without pausing to realize that in fact he had won no gold medals at all. And Kissinger himself even felt weird about this and offered to give the medal back to the committee. It just shows you, it really just shows you how whacked the New World Order is. You know, they give him a, a peace prize. I mean, it's like the, the, uh, the Nobel Prize for investigating Russia, Russia, Russia. And now that it's been proven that that was all a hoax, you know, those the journalists still have those prizes, you know, and, and uh, President Trump keeps on saying, when are you going to take those uh, those prizes away? You know, it, it's the same thing. And so they they give him this prize, yet he was behind so much. So, you know, just very interesting to, to see him. Uh, how he was working, you know, it goes back, goes back to that error that somehow the. um the punishment not, not the punishment but the you're allowed to do certain evil things for the ends like the ends the, the ends justify the means right and that, that's just pure evil right the ends don't justify and they do wicked things i mean how can you get a nobel peace prize for a war that you actually helps you know help start and then really didn't finish it's just it's brutal yeah yeah and it needs to be called out and that's the beauty of social media you know you have a lot of people out there digital warriors uh, sharing this i mean that was peppy lives matter uh you know good work that they put together but you're not going to see that on abc or nbc you're going to see hey this is a man that that worked on the you know under these presidents it was nixon and ford and they'll talk about all the accomplishments you know no one talks ill of the dead well i'm telling you i'll talk ill of the dead if they're ill and and if they yeah. did some war crimes and things like that i mean you know no one has a problem talking about how rotten uh, Adolf Hitler was when, and he's dead. Uh, well, it should go with everybody else that does war crimes as well, you know. So, I don't have any qualms uh, sharing the negative side of things if it's the truth. Yeah. So, but yeah. Well, uh, anyway. Chris, you got more to say about that? I was going to jump on uh, Israel and Hamas because it kind of goes yeah. dovetail right into it. Yeah, move right on because uh, Kissinger, he, he had his fingers in a lot of pies, didn't he? Uh, and for a man who wasn't born in America, he was given an ambassadorship for America. Um, and he just is, uh, his ability to worm his way into places, he just feels like he was part of the globalist infiltrators. Yeah, he's an Eastern uh, European Jew that actually suffered through the Holocaust. He lost 13 members. Um, so he had, you know, family members. And so uh, he's gone through a lot. So that may have opened the door when he came over. Um, you know, yeah, he and, came over in 1938. So it was before we, we entered the war. 
and he lived in uh, Manhattan, I believe. So yeah. he's a New York, a New York immigrant Jew. Went to from Harvard. Germany. Yes. His his first name is actually Heinrich and not Henry. Yeah. Right. Wow. I did not know that. And his parents, I think it is, or grandparents, um, wasn't always Kissinger either. It was Mayer, M E Y E R. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Well, and I think. I think it's important for us, you know, to learn from past mistakes that um, presidents and administrations have made. You know, if you don't actually point out the evils that have done and you kind of cover over them, you don't really learn. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're so adamant about learning from um, previous wars, learning from 9-11, learning from the Iraq war, invading people that didn't invade you, um, finding out what were the forces that led, led to 9-11. I'm still over, like... Very, very frustrated with the reality that the one of the large, one of the most powerful fighting forces in the world allowed um, seven hours to pass while they were their people were being slaughtered, and I still don't understand that. I mean, I'm I'm pro Israel for sure, but it seems like some sort of dark force got a hold and turned the other way for seven hours, and so you know, and now we've got this massive war that's begun, and it's it's ready to pull a bunch more people in, um, and of course we're dealing with wicked groups like Hamas who deliberately are betting themselves into civilian, you know, populations so that the Gaza, you know, the people of Gaza will actually bear the worst consequences of the Hamas atrocities. So it's like, you know, you're, these things are like false flags that are actually, they're real, they're real events that happen, but somehow there are some forces behind it that are like pushing for war and really trying to highlight um, more, as much as possible, make the, the, the atrocities so evil that people have to enter into war. Um, yeah. And I think of like 9-11, I think of the bombing of Pearl Harbor that brought us into war, the, the Gulf of Tongan, the attacks on our ships. We're seeing, we have to really be careful, like, okay, what are we going to gain by entering into war, you know, full-on war? Right. And can we do it any other way, you know? Yeah. So well, what last- do you got here? You got something loaded up here. Let's see this. Yeah, the, let me just set this up. I'll tee this up. This is, uh, you know, last week when we were we were uh, doing our broadcast, Israel was in a ceasefire. They they are technically calling it a humanitarian pause for the result of hostage release. So it, they don't call it a ceasefire. They're calling it a humanitarian pause. And it ended uh, on Friday morning early, our time, which would have been uh, later on uh, Israel time. But basically the the clock ran out and the ceasefire was due to expire anyway. They didn't renegotiate Israel with Hamas to extend it because uh, Hamas did not they didn't honor the the points of the ceasefire, which was to release the women and the children. So there's still possibly 20 other women and ch- children being kept in captivity right now, along with the other hostages. They're, um, they're estimating that there's still 177 hostages being mm-hmm. held. And so... Uh, Basically, as soon as the clock ran out, uh, Israel's Iron Dome was struck again, and uh, Israel struck back. Mm. So this okay. talks about. Should I play this, Chris? 
we have entered a new phase in our war against Hamas. Hamas broke the humanitarian pause when it violated the hostage release agreement by refusing to release women, children, and babies as agreed. Hamas also fired rockets at Israeli homes. It should be clear to everyone by now, Hamas chooses war. Hamas chose war when it broke the hostage release agreement on December 1st. Hamas chose war when it massacred our people on October 7th. It has been eight weeks since October 7th and Hamas is still holding 137 of our people hostage, babies, the elderly, women and men. Hamas does not value human life, Israeli or Palestinian. Hamas is willing to sacrifice its own people to advance its genocidal agenda. As we expand our operation in Gaza, we remain committed to our goals, secure the release of our hostages and dismantle Hamas. We will operate as we have done until now, according to international law. We will operate as we have done until now against Hamas centers of gravity. We pursued them in northern Gaza. We're now pursuing Hamas in southern Gaza too. We will operate in maximum force against Hamas terrorists and infrastructures while minimizing harm to the civilian that Hamas places around them as shields. Our forces used the seven-day pause before the Hamas violation to increase readiness, review intelligence, and refine operational procedures. We are implementing lessons learned for the new phase of this war, improving the efficiency and the precision of our operations on the ground. We are pursuing Hamas wherever Hamas is hiding, in the north and in the south. Every rocket launcher, weapons depot, command and control center, senior commander, underground infrastructure, and any hideout where our hostages may be held. Our war is against Hamas, not against the people of Gaza. Hamas deliberately embeds himself within civilian population centers so that the Gazans will bear the consequences of Hamas atrocities. Every civilian death is a tragedy, a tragedy that the IDF does not want and is taking extensive measures to avoid. While Hamas terrorists hide behind civilians, Israel does its best to distinguish between civilians and terrorists. We are giving precise instructions to Gazan residents near Hamas centers of gravity, urging them to temporarily move away from the danger that Hamas puts them in. We're dropping leaflets with QR codes that opens a map guiding Gazans to safer areas. The map is divided into neighborhood numbers indicating where civilians in a specific area should go to avoid being in the crossfire. We call on international organizations in Gaza to assist us with this effort. It can help save lives. We also call on international organizations to ensure that the Red Cross gains access to our hostages in Hamas captivity. 137 hostages are being held in 
inhumane and brutal conditions. And not one international organization has seen them. The more we hear about the cruel conditions in Hamas captivity, the more urgent our mission, our global mission to rescue our hostages becomes. Wow. That's a fantastic yeah. video. Yeah, it is definitely interesting. Well, it's when you put somebody from the IDF to to directly give the people information. So obviously he's he's trying to inform the world and his people. He's trying to answer some questions. So it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. is. And, and you know, Chris, I remember you mentioned that the the there was a briefing in New York this week, a 45-minute uh, sub that showed all of the atrocities that Hamas had committed because there is kind of a push to pretend like they didn't do anything that bad. And uh, I think some of the people who saw it, some of the press, um, were just um, devastated by what they saw, how wicked, how evil it was, and how real it was. It wasn't some fake thing. It was real footage. I think footage of... Um, what would you say like a pro I, you know, the body cam footage and phone footage and yeah. Yeah. yeah ring ring uh, off of the kibbutz, the ring cameras and the, the uh, general consensus was that when these journalists came out, they were very quiet, very sober. And they said, you can't unsee the evil and <clears throat> you can't, we watch things we don't want to watch, but the horrors of that day need to never be forgotten. I mean, it's just the same type of rhetoric that, and and hopefully it's not just rhetoric that people said about the Holocaust. Uh, so it's it's an important part of their history, and people need to know as Palestinian groups are protesting that Israel is not against Palestine. They're against mm -hmm. this, this Hamas and the Hezbollah terrorist groups. Yeah. yeah. It, it's interesting that I was on a phone call with about 15, um, about, tw about 25 pastors actually and leaders on Foundations of Freedom this last week. And they had Bridget Gabrielle on there and she runs an organization uh, that's called the Act for America. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her at all. She gave a, a, a very gruesome review of what actually happened. Um, and I, I won't go into detail. She went into detail. Um, it was brutal. But one of the things that she basically said was that there's a special type of drug that was being used by the terrorists, that they have this drug called uh, catagen, I think it's called. And it's a drug that terrorists use to, to string out their, um, their assailants. Um, it's called uh, captagen. And these pills were found in the pockets of Hamas terrorists. It basically, it's like a poor man's uh, cocaine, and it ring it gets them fully high so they can stay awake for like forty eight hours, and it actually numbs their senses of compassion so that they can commit uh, atrocities without without a thought. Um, mm. And you know, we've we've heard that before in past wars that some of those things being used, but uh, this one was definitely um, pretty hard for me to hear about, and I'm sure for many people. Yeah, yeah well, more that, of that pharmacia. Yeah, psychedelics. That that's what they were. They were uh, the spiritual gates to go into a spiritual realm. So when you're talking about demonically inspired, that's what psychedelic 
drugs do is they enhance somebody's ability to hear the <clears throat> there were testimonies that the terrorists heard voices in their head and they just did what the voices told them to do mm, demonic yeah yeah or well I, you, know, you know yeah and, and, and you know that's what i think you know basically the, the the press needed to see this they need to see the level of evil we're dealing with and um you know it's 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 amazing that people on college campuses people that are actually traditionally liberal or um left or feminist you know even feminists i i mean you know i need need to lighten the load up a little bit right now with this one because it's kind of uh, babylon b kind of lightens the load a bit bill cosby joins hamas so feminists will stop condemning him for rape because now now apparently if it's it's hamas who does it it's okay because they're they're freedom fighters um so right yeah uh, yeah, on a, on another topic, uh, you know, there was a big victory, I thought, for Donald Trump. And I think we might have mentioned it last week, but uh, the leader of the or one of the founders of Black Lives Matter um, had decided to throw his ring in and support Trump. And uh, I had a little clip on that. Uh, I wanted to show you just it, I thought it was just really uh, encouraging because, again, that breaks the stereotype that it can't be done. You know, and I think I'd mentioned how uh, uh, Kanye West, for me, broke a stereotype that, uh, you know, what you can be African-American and you can really love Trump. And I and I remember when before Trump ran for office, he was on all kinds of all kinds of uh, rap um, albums, you know, I always referenced him. It was always in the positive. So uh, but anyway, let me uh, just go with the little interview here, little clip. As a matter of Rhode Island, Mark Fisher. Mark, thanks so much for joining the program. Um, you know, this is my favorite story of the day because it identifies with what I've seen in the barbershop. All the brothers, for some reason right now, are turning tides right now. And I, I just wonder, what is the big reason? I think personally, it's the duplicity of the Democrats. Mm. The hypocrisy. Um, we're not stupid. The brothers are not stupid. We we understand when someone's for us and when someone is not. And it's obvious that the Democratic Party is not for us. Yeah, I, I can't. Their, party, their, their, their policies actually strike at the heart of the black family and the nuclear family. Yeah. So, you know, you were part of Black Lives Matter. Uh, you founded it there. And now you're saying you're, you're not saying the entire Republican Party. You're saying Donald Trump. So what is it about Donald Trump? Is it the economics? Uh, you noted the black family. What is it going to take for him to sure up this support amongst uh, black voters? Well, I just, I just think that it's going to take information. A lot of people are misinformed. They don't really understand because they don't educate themselves on, on Donald Trump as a person and his history. Um, but if they do that, and it's going to take, you know, leaders, educated leaders getting the word out there. Um, I think that it, it'll happen on its own and it'll be organic because um, personally, I love the man. I mean, how could you not like if, if a real man? Uh, how could you not relate to someone like that? <clears throat> yeah, he, he watches every morning. So I'm sure he's cheering a, a, as you're saying this. We looked at some of the polls for Trump over uh, over Biden in the battleground states in 2020. It was eight percent. Now in 2023, he has 22 percent. And that's just not black men. So 
uh, election, the election is right around the corner. If you had the opportunity to talk to the former president, I'm sure he's watching right now. What would you tell him? Call me on my cell phone, man. I'll stop for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Anyway, I, I thought that was an encouraging thing. Just seeing those, um, those numbers, the change. I mean, that's huge. That's a big swing. And there are a lot of uh, African-Americans in this country. And so for that to go from eight to 22 and, you know, it'll, it'll go up even more. I think, I think it, it's not something that's going to level off. Um, I think it's as word gets out, you know, and more and more you start seeing it, it'll almost be like a landslide thing. I, I at least that is my hope that, that, you know, once it hits a critical mass, people start paying attention going, well, what, what's all the deal? Why, why are so many people changing from Democrat towards uh, President Trump, and and that's going to in itself uh, incite um, interest. Yeah, well, going along with what you're saying here, the there's a there was a big gathering um, in Chicago where uh, basically um, the black community is saying we are done with the Democratic Party. You got to hear this one. This morning, I heard Mayor Brandon Johnson say that the sentiment in the black community is waning. A lot. The sentiment is not waning. We are not okay with you taking our resources and giving them to people who don't live here. As Mark stated before, you are preparing housing for them. One of the reasons that the city of Chicago was able to close 50 schools was because of the black flight. And the reason we had a black flight was because there is no affordable housing in this city. It is because the city of Chicago shut down the voucher system so that blacks who needed to get affordable housing could not. So they had no choice but to flee to other states. But now you found money for the migrants. That's right. We're calling foul. And then another thing you said was that the faith-based leaders oh, were helping to bring around the sentiment. We haven't paid attention to faith-based leaders since Dr. Martin Luther King. And guess what? We're not listening to them now. We understand that they are bought and paid for. We understand that you control the narrative that they are trying to speak about. So let me just say this to you. We're not listening to them the same way we're not listening to you. What you're doing is not okay. And let me just say this other thing. Amundsen Park is still closed. And our mayor has decided that because we didn't support migrants coming to our park, we just ain't gonna have a park. I call foul, Mayor. You love to stand around and talk about how you are a black man. That's all you are is a black man. And we know that all black folks ain't skin folks. And those of us who didn't know that, you're giving us a great lesson. So we thank you for that. No, the sentiment has not changed. We are still for black people. We are still for this city supporting us. We are still for black people getting the same set aside that these migrants are getting. Oh, excuse me, not migrants, because what they are is illegal foreign nationals. Wow, she goes on. That's only two minutes of it, and she's just laying, spitting the truth, this lady. And I, we just need more like her to point out um, just the, the democratic insanity that's been going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very sobering what she said about faith-based leaders too. 
that they have been on the take for a long time and they are pushing the narrative of this uh, current government. So, you know, that's, that is, uh, she was calling it out. So it was very sobering. Yep. Yeah. You definitely see that. Hey, we're, we're getting towards the end. Did you have anything from village and Fox that you wanted to, uh, just close with at all? Any missed stories? Uh yeah, well, okay, I'll, I'll just put a couple things quick. Um, one, I'm it. not going to show it today, but there was a video that um, a comp compilation on And We Know, and people are, who watch our show are pretty familiar with And We Know, and Donald Trump basically talks about the pause. He talks about there had to be two years of a pause to let people see how bad the, the, the agenda of the other side was. Um, he says it had to be that way multiple times. He's been saying this more and more and more lately that there's, uh, but there will be, and then he says that the, the four year elections will be very different. There'll be a, in 2024, there will be very different elections. Now I'm one of those people who's like, Hey, what, what the heck has the GOP done to secure our elections over the last two years? Because that's the biggest problem we have. So I'm hoping and believing that there's something he's talking about something that we don't know about. Uh, maybe something like the military, uh, making sure that the, the elections are secure, same-day voting, paper only, something like that I'm, I'm praying for. Uh, but I don't want to be one of those guys who just sits around and hopes and prays. I want to act. So I've actually, um, myself and a bunch of our people within our community, took a class called Biblical Citizenship. And that Biblical Citizenship class challenged us to say, hey, what are you doing to, to think globally but act locally? So as you guys know, um, we a bunch of us have been running for um, central committee in our area, um, you know, the Democratic, uh, excuse me, the, the GOP, <laughs> running for the GOP. Um, it's like hard to know. You know, you got to pick the lesser of two evils, but there's a lot of things that the GOP is trying to do right now. They're trying to eliminate um, um, uh, natural marriage from their platform. They're trying to eliminate um, pro-life pro from their platform. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, well, then you're basically getting rid of all the essential things that make us conservative because we honor conservatives, honor the natural order of things, the God created order of things. If you're getting rid of those things as part of who we are, then we're we're just a bunch of rhinos like you. So we're fighting back against the, this agenda. Um, what do you think, Chris? She yeah, I <clears throat> I think that you're uh, you're in the right place at the right time with the right words, and uh, I'm excited that you're uh, you're taking up your banner, and we each have our place to to play and our position on the wall. So uh, why don't you talk just briefly about uh, the movie that Wake the Bear has coming up that we'll be showing? Yeah, so we've had this 2023 Wake the Bear Film Festival that's getting coming to a, an end, and we're showing the film by Dinesh D'Souza and um, who's the other guy that was a Secret Service agent, uh, Bongino. Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino. They made this film called Police State. Um, I saw it. It's chilling. Um, it points out how the federal government has weaponized the uh, security forces. They've weaponized the intelligence agencies. They they are utilizing these agencies to as the the, as the punishment and basically the um the process is the punishment they are going after um, individuals who have not committed any violent crimes and they're putting them in jail without trial for multiple years like the j many of the j sixers are grandmothers people that 
didn't do anything but walk into the Capitol. They didn't. They were told they could come in. They were ushered in by cops. There was no barriers that told them they couldn't come in. And then they're put in jail for two years. So this police state movie is all about this: how um, the the government, the, the basically the um, the communists that have invaded our country are utilizing the our apparatus to punish conservatives and Christians, and how it's getting worse and worse, and how and where they're doing it. So, uh, you know, it's a police state. It's a movie that Dinesh said he never wanted to make, but because uh, he never wanted America to get to the point where the that the movie like this needed to be made. But the reality is it does. And so we need to realize we need to wake up. Um, I love football, but you don't need three three days out of the week to watch football and the voice and watch thousands of things on the on the television. You, we need to get to our school board meetings. We need to get an on in office and fight back and push back against this wicked agenda because silence is consent, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be great. More and more people need to see this uh, that are unaware of what's going on. Yeah, so, so. we're showing this on December September 9th, this coming Saturday, 6 to 9 at Convergence 3775 Capitola Road. So come join us. It's going to be a great show. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. You got anything else? Vigilant Fox at all? or uh, You know, a couple of minor things. Um you know, there, here's a good win. Uh, I'll put Vigilant Fox up last, but um, dot, uh, Kim.com, he pointed out a video of um, the White House being asked about the receipts. And I think this is a really short one. Let me share this one with you. You already got a question. Go ahead, Phil. Thank you. Uh, the White House has said repeatedly that the president and his son were never in business together. They've said that repeatedly also in this room. Um, According to bank records obtained by the House Oversight Committee, though, uh, one of Hunter Biden's businesses, Osawa PC, set up direct payments to the president. Uh, did the president accept payment? And why would there be such an arrangement if they were never in business together or if there was a wall of separation, as the president has previously said? So I have to be uh, clear with you. I, I have not seen that report, so I would have to refer you to my colleagues over at the White House Counsel's Office on that particular question. All right, everyone. See some of you in Boston or on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. Wow. You love that? She's like, um, I don't know. Get out of Dodge. Her eyes are fluttering. I don't know. You're going to have to talk to the president's lawyer about that. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> Exit stage left. Yeah. She, so. She's quite good at just lying, and it's amazing. It's it's yeah. like inventing new ways just to not answer, you know, yeah. and I remember cool. uh, President Trump, you know, when he had a press secretary, they would stay and they would hash it out and they would, I mean, but Kaylee McEnany um, and then uh, Huckabee as well, Sarah Huckabee, both of them, they just stood and would answer and go back and forth. But yeah, but different times. Different times. Different so times. There's a couple yeah. other, a couple other minor things to talk about. Um, we do know that there was multiple attacks on commercial ships in uh, the Red Sea um, recently. So I just want to point that out. Uh, this could be an attempt um, to bring us into war again. Another red flag. Another Gulf of Tongan. That's a big deal. We need to be paying attention to. I hope that cooler heads prevail and we don't enter into a war. Um, there's another one actually. Uh, this one right here is unconfirmed. But it is a um, alert uh, coming from Jack Straw. This guy has about uh, 106,000 followers, 
He said, alert, 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 4 a.m. this morning, 2,000 troops at the Moody Air Force Base near uh, Valdesta, Georgia, were called and told to be at the base by 6 a.m., packed and ready to deploy. They were not told the destination. They were told, tell their immediate families to be prepared. This is what's odd. With water, candles, flashlights, batteries, and food. And to be prepared wow. to bunker down in their homes. So they're telling their families this. Um, the publication of this information was intentionally delayed 24 hours. Security troops uh, via Sovereign Redneck Renegade update. This is not, uh, it has been confirmed that there's 7,000 more troops ready on standby. And then, of course, the community notes here says there has been no alerts issued by base command. And then if you go to the Moody Air Force military dot military, um, there's nothing on the website that says this. But if we're calling up thousands of our troops, there's not necessarily going to be on the public website or letting our enemies know what we're about to do. So that's a big deal if that's true. I mean, it's not confirmed in my book, but, um, you know, it's not going to be confirmed unless it's told um, by the official sources, right? Right. And you're not going to tell the general public either because they'll be all freaked out. You know, water, candles, flashlight, what, what's going on? Why do, why do yeah, I need why do we, that? So, why do I you need know, you're on the things. inside, a spouse to one of these uh, service people. You know, I can understand you get the inside scoop there if that's the case. So, yeah, yep. definitely. And then go, then going back to Vigilant Fox, I know we're about 10 minutes over, so I'm going to finish with this. I encourage you to go check out Vigilant Fox. Um, these He always does every week the 10 news stories that the mainstream media chooses not to tell you each week. If you figure, haven't figured it out yet, the mainstream media is corrupt as com complete as, as can be. So you need to understand that. Um, they, I talked about this one already, the private jets freezing on the way to the global warming. Uh, new ruling in New York State uh, allows for indefinite detention of a vaccinated one. There's some community notes scary. on this one. This one's there's some community notes on this one saying that ruling was from 2015, but um, it's still just as scary if that's if it's, that's that's going on. Um, the police are warned that a brand new iPhone feature could put your children at risk. I actually turned this off on my iPhone. There's a section in your iPhone, especially the ones that are issued now that say uh, find another phone. And it automatically, if you go next to another iPhone close enough, it tells you the personal information of the person you're next. Um, so you need to turn that off on your phone. Go check it out on Vigilant Fox. Um, masks, number seven, masks paradoxically increased people's chances of COVID. This is a, a, a study that was done, uh, number seven. So these are all, all the receipts are down here. So you can actually go. This is an Epoch Times uh, report. And go look it up yourself. Don't trust me. Uh, don't trust us. Go go do your own research. But um, these this is what we're finding in our research uh, number six, influencers make Walmart instantly regret its decision to pull out of the advertisements on off the platform. So apparently Walmart's getting hit big time. And I don't know how this is. I haven't read this article. Um, but if you guys have anything to say about that one, please. Yeah, do. I do actually have something really quick on that. So, you know, last week we talked about Elon Musk going after Media Matters and then there's a big pushback from all these big corporations saying, hey, we're going to pull our advertising from X uh, because we don't like what uh, Elon Musk is doing. And so Elon Musk was interviewed this week and he basically, well, he said, go F yourselves. And uh, he said the word just as clear as day multiple times. And in fact, the president of Disney Plus uh, was there in the audience and he calls him out. I think his name was Bob and he's like, Bob. And you know, and he says it again. And so 
he is taking the gloves off and um and said that well since that has happened a lot of people have pulled their uh memberships out of disney saying because basically uh elon is saying hey look you're blackmailing me because you don't agree with what i'm doing you're saying we're going to pull all of our advertising off and control you and and that's where he, he told him to f off and um what's really interesting is i noticed on my own email that uh, paramount plus is now you can have a whole year for two dollars subscription now i'm not going to take it I, it's a great deal but i i'm going to stand against that company and I, i'm not gonna you know take the bait to to have them because i've never had them before anyway so anyway i like what he did so um anyway you can keep on going if you want with the the uh, yeah the well there's I, there's I think it was like third third three hundred thousand people quit their subscription to Disney Plus. Three hundred thousand. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a number. It could be two hundred thousand. I mean, that's a big change, but it's it's a substantial amount of people are cutting their subscription. And it, it comes at a bad time because Disney just increased their cost by two or three dollars a a month. And so to go after Elon Musk right when you're trying to get people to agree to taking three dollars dollars more a month for your material um which is already you know compromised in my opinion really really bad decision so yep uh elon's doing a great job i'm uh, i'm happy yeah. to see him do it you know so the man is fighting for free free speech i mean come on we need we need guys like him who are saying yep. i you know i have enough money i don't i don't need to bow to money to fight for free speech fighting for free speech is more important so yeah, even in that interview, he quotes uh, a, a scene in uh, Princess Bride, you know, offer me money, offer me fame. He says, I don't care. I just want my, you know, my dead dad back and, and stabs back. the guy, you know, and that's kind of where uh, Elon's coming from. So. Yeah, that's true. So there's a bunch more here on Vigilant Fox, uh, fake obituaries, be, obituaries being created to conceal the died suddenly of people. That's a big deal. Um, the, yeah. you mentioned this one already, the nine-year-old chief fan that responds to allegations of wearing blackface and they're going to get their suit, pants suit off. That company's going to go out of business. Uh, the military owes, uh, could owe billions of service members, billions of dollars to service members who involuntarily were discharged for refusing COVID-19 shots. Praise God for that. I sure hope that happens. I mean, I have a young man in my neighborhood yeah. was who was trained as a, as a, uh, a Navy SEAL. They spent $2 million to train him and then kicked him out after he became a SEAL. Right after he became a SEAL, kicked him out basically for not taking the shot. And, I, and that makes me so angry. Um, yeah. He's not happy. Tom Renz, probably attorney Tom Renz will be pretty involved in that. Yep. Yep. Number two, uh, Texas AG Ken Paxson sues Pfizer for misrepresenting the COVID-19 vaccine efficacy and conspiring to conceal, uh, to censor public discourse. So that's coming out. And then there's a no trove of documents exposing government involved sweeping plan for global citizenship, or excuse me, uh, censorship. So the government was actually planning this. Um, one of the guys actually says that, um, and I think it was Australia. Australia is the prime minister. One of the, um, the guys in Australia said that, um, that the, the, the plan to bring about the COVID pandemic was in decades in the making um, the Australia Senator Malcolm Roberts COVID-19 was planned for decades. So we're, we're seeing things shift right now. I think the deep state has overplayed its hand so many times now that the, the, the backlash is coming. It's already here. I mean, Trump was in Iowa and he said that they broke the veil 
um, by, by saying he can't have presidential immunity. He said they broke the veil. They opened Pandora's boxes. So now they've opened the door. Guess who gets to go after other presidents who violated um, their oath of yep. office? So in, in interesting, Trump actually said the pain in our nation hasn't gotten hard enough yet. Once the pain gets hard enough that people start to really feel it, that we'll see the, 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 the trajectory of the swinging back of that pendulum. So that's coming. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's already here, but it's coming. It's going to, when people really, people are at the point now where they really are willing to look at the facts and say they've been lied to. Now it's a matter they're going to release all of the information and people are going to be willing to say it, see it, you know, and say it. So absolutely. Now, right. nah, good. Stay good focused. Stay, yeah, focused. stay focused during this time. Yeah. And pray. Stay time. focused and pray. Yeah. Prayer is very yeah. important. That's uh, key. All these things. Fear not. And just be in prayer. God will carry us through. So thank yep. you for this another nation. night coming. And uh, we will see you. Yep. This nation needs Jesus. He's the answer. Amen. Turn back to him, California. Turn back to him. <laughs>